Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now an exciting kickoff to 2022 for GeoComply after a very exciting 2021. The Vancouver-based cybersecurity firm was among about a dozen BC tech companies to merge over the past year with a billion dollar or more valuation. And Anna Sainsbury, she is starting the year returning to the CEO role at the Unicorn she co-founded back in 2011. So with us today to talk about this surge in growth that GeoComply has been enjoying and what's ahead for the big Vancouver tech company, it is CEO and chair Anna Sainsbury. Anna, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler, and thank you to BIV. Oh, yeah. Well, excellent. Okay. I got to ask, was uh, 2021 a bit of a whirlwind for you and your team over there? I mean, it was so hard to predict what 2021 was going to be like going into it. I mean, I'm sure that's not unique for us, but uh, it was a really exciting year. I felt like um, it, it came to uh, an amazing, an amazing close and leaving us so optimistic for the opportunities ahead this year. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fabulous ride and I'm I'm happy to be in the seat that I'm at to take us forward. Well, there's so many factors going on with the company because you guys best known for developing that geofencing technology. And then, of course, you know, there, there's a court ruling back in the United States that really allowed GeoComply to explode. Tell us a little bit about that court ruling and uh, maybe how the, the gaming industry is allowing you folks to really soar right now. Yeah, I mean, um, regulations have have always been been our friend. I mean, we really look at markets that um, can open up once regulations change and once legislators really can come to terms with how technologies can secure markets and and um, help them better understand how they can protect players while um, really opening up a market. And so, you know, we initially did that by securing geolocation boundaries, which was important for the U.S. gaming market, seen as gaming is a state-by-state um, consideration for legislators. But now as we look into really what value our products can add, it's actually a sophisticated fraud service. And um, we're moving away from just looking at the conversation being, how can we secure your geolocation? But really to say, who is on the other end of that device? And who are you interacting with? And is that the person you think it is or that it needs to be to meet regulatory requirements? And so, you know, that that goes across a lot more sectors than just gaming. But, you know, we can look into cryptocurrencies and neobanks and online online banking and online online voting and really how can we better validate who is interacting with operator sites and and that's really the insights that that we're able to bring and and what we learned from just solving one little problem for the US gaming market well, I, I'm fascinated, though, because how much did maybe the pandemic play a part, not only just on kind of the court ruling, the, the PAPSA ruling from uh, 2018, but also just kind of different sorts of you know interest in pursuing things like uh, with regards to people staying at home, perhaps during the pandemic. Was that kind of a factor at all for the growth in the company? Um, COVID did have an impact in that um, some users that were more frequently visiting a land-based casino and maybe hadn't 
made the plunge into online, it did propel that growth. And it also pushed some regulators and legislators that were considering legislating um, a new bill to pass online. Um, it did sort of propel that that forward um, to a high degree. But I think we all have to remember that those that wanted to place bets online, they're doing that regardless if a state or province has regulated it. And so I think we can even see that in, in British Columbia, where right now we have a monopoly with BCLC being the legal operator. But many lovers of sports that really want to place bets, they're placing bets with with um, bookies that are located in Costa Rica um, or any jurisdiction offshore that's willing to take the risk. And so, I mean, that exists everywhere. So really what it came down to was regulators needing to get comfortable to say, this is happening regardless. How can we actually create a safer environment? And, and I do think that COVID converted some people, but the majority were already participating and that by allowing and legalizing the advertising of these brands, it allowed operators to re-educate the market in terms of what brands they can interact with that will give a safe and auditable environment for for users to place their bets. Well, it's interesting because you spoke just a a moment ago about kind of diversifying a lot of the use cases here, you know, whether it's uh, crypto uh, authentication. Is that part of it just kind of the greater adoption of those technologies or it's more, you know, people looking at the technology that you guys have been developing and saying, Hey, that is kind of a reliable partner that we could uh, hook up with and kind of figure this out. Yeah. I mean, the, the conversation grew from, uh, I mean, it was very organic. We look at, we look at cryptocurrencies and we look at banking regulations and it's very similar to the requirements in the gaming market, but um, maybe the use case is a little bit different. I mean, all of these operators have a requirement to ensure that they're blocking transactions from sanctioned jurisdictions. And so if you look at what these um, banks and financial institutions were relying on before they really met us, they're really looking at old technology. So using an IP address to locate where someone is. But over time and um, with our work in the film and TV space and so many more people watching television content online, the amount of people that know how to mask their IP address is tremendous. I mean, it's 30 to 40% of the general population. So when you're saying I'm working for a highly regulated technology company or financial institution, you couldn't legitimately say you're using best practices to potentially block fraud or financial companies by by relying on an IP address. And so that's really where we've started talking to operators that that don't want to have these fines from regulators um, and also working with regulators in terms of what are their expectations on what best practice is and how are technologies that that you know we're advancing and and other technology companies how are how are the impacts of these developments changing the way they're regulating so that they can actually open up more markets but with a higher degree of accuracy and certainty around the regulations that that matter to protect you know the end user which is which is generally the goal right to make sure that society is is a safe space 
Well, I think a lot of people are also curious, you know, uh, why come back and serve in that CEO role? Uh, the former CEO, David Briggs, he is definitely sticking around at the company. Uh, he's serving as director, helping out with kind of uh, strategic uh, advising as well. But uh, what does it mean for you and, and why come back uh, and serve as CEO uh, once again? Um, I think over the past three years, I've really had the ability to to take a step back, I, I joined a, a board of a public bank in the U.S., um, so I got to explore some markets outside of gaming, which I had been working in. I mean, I've been in the space for over 16 years, and so I wanted to really take some time to learn more about other sectors and what's needed um, and really kind of expand the skill sets that that I had as the company was growing around me. And over that and over that period of time and really looking at what the needs of GeoComply are going forward, it just seemed like the perfect time to come in with some really interesting ideas, a fresh perspective, allowing David to focus on pushing us forward in terms of these how we are fitting into these fraud use cases and the fintech space, which is an incredibly large, fast-growing market. Um, but also allowing me to put the systems and processes uh, in place for for our growth. Uh, we've been so fortunate to double in 2021, and we're looking at doubling our team size um, again this year. And it's really a different company. And so sometimes it's it's great to have that opportunity to hand that baton between David and I, where we can take a fresh look at things and. Um, put a new perspective into the organization. You're, you're looking to double the team size. Uh, how many folks are with you right now and what kind of jobs are you on the hunt for? Um, so we're 350 now and expecting to be over seven, 800 um, in the next 12 months. And I mean, really all areas, communications, project management, engineering, across all code bases, um, finance, human resources, um, events management, customer success, account management. So yes, we'd encourage all people in Vancouver and across Canada and the U.S. to please apply. So uh, tell me a little, you, you know, the company originally started in Las Vegas. Uh, why make the move over to your hometown of Vancouver a couple years ago? That was a hard decision. And, but, but one that was well-researched and has been, has been successful to us, but, but obviously we've had to make a lot of, a lot of adjustments as we've, we've come across. Um, I had really situated myself and the, the company in Las Vegas when we, when we first pursued the gaming space, seen as it was the epicenter of the, the gaming industry and really helped that helped shape us for success in the market. But as my investor visa was coming to an end, we needed to look at, I mean, what was going to be most sustainable for the business long-term um, and for what we wanted. And, and Vancouver seemed like the, the right space. It is a very competitive market, however, and especially over the past year, there's so many large growing tech companies um, 
and we have struggled to get a lot of talent into the into the city as well um, with visas and borders being closed. So uh, it's been an interesting ride, but I think we're definitely pleased that that we did it and we're, we are proudly Canadian. Um, and we we look forward to to growing not only our team but our client base in Canada, seen as I think primarily we're still very much an American organization in terms of where our technology is used most. Well, maybe I can leave you off with this and we'll kind of uh, take a, a wider scope on things just in the broader tech scene. Because look, it used to be a very rare sighting of a unicorn here in British Columbia. Now in you know, 13, 14 months, it's, they've just kind of exploded. And just mm-hmm. broadly speaking, you know, is it just macroeconomic issues? Is it a, an awakening from institutional investors about the potential behind British Columbia? What's your takeaway on this explosion of unicorns? Well, technology has been growing a lot globally, and especially, you know, the markets have have been um, pretty attractive these this past year. I think for us, I mean, a lot of the growth is because the gaming industry boomed, um, and a lot of the large gaming op- operators went public, and it it increased the amount of investors that were looking at the space versus it seeming like a new market that was semi-regulated, I think was the general perception in the past. Um, and now it's tremendous, you know, the growth is tremendous. We just went live in New York. The numbers were bigger than than all other states that we've seen, which is expected for a state that size, but it, it really is remarkable. And so for, for us, I mean, a lot of our growth has has been because of the gaming industry and the fact that PASPA was repealed and so many states want to regulate sports betting because Americans watch a lot of sports and enjoy betting on sports. And so it was a natural progression. I mean, the amount of, of unicorns in Vancouver, they're, they're in so many different tech sectors. Um, and so, and so I, I, I can't really comment on, on how all of them are scaling. But if I look at, I mean, education online, that makes sense because that was something that grew due to COVID and, and probably makes sense for, for a lot of people that, that want to do remote learning. So I think sometimes it's, it's just the ebbs and flows, but um, it's been uh, tremendous for, for British Columbia. And I think really great for the talent pool and for, for BC to be able to hang its hat on saying, this is a place that that young people can stay and grow their career and where there's so many vision focused organizations that really are here to make a difference and that have the growth to support hiring large teams in the city. I think it's tremendous. You mentioned the New York explosion. Uh, your colleague, Lindsay Slater, uh, she's a LinkedIn connection, and she has this amazing kind of animated illustration about just kind of the explosive growth going on in New York uh, with what you guys are providing. So it's just, if anybody wants to jump on LinkedIn, I, I would uh, search out that thing as well. It's just really cool to uh, see it illustrated there too. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really great weekend. Lots of football in play as well this time of year. So uh, it's, it's just an exciting time. And I think New Yorkers have waited a long time to have the option to bet online. So it's nice for them not to commute over to New Jersey. For sure. Well, excellent. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. 
That is Anna Sainsbury. She is CEO and chair and co-founder of GeoComply, based right here in Vancouver. That is it for the show today, but you can go to BIV.com. More stories, more interviews, videos, what have you, all on the website. And the print edition is now available to pick up this week as well. I just want to thank everyone for listening. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Hey, Anna, thank you once again. I, I really, really do appreciate you making time to chat with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys reaching out and uh, thanks for making this so snappy. Oh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> very, very quickly while I've got you, um, my team, like in February, we're going to be pursuing kind of a, a larger package with regards to kind of the growth of unicorns. And what we're thinking about doing is maybe sending out um, surveys to CEOs, just kind of broad questions that we might, uh, you know, kind of send all, all the unicorns uh, that we've seen emerge in the last year. So if you're interested in that, like I, I can get in touch with your team and uh, make sure that you guys are featured in um, kind of the, this big package that we're doing as well. Mm-hmm.